If you enjoyed this episode, you're over 40, and you're looking for a free kettlebell workout to help you get started, check the first link in the description. It works on YouTube as well as on Spotify. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another podcast of the Kettle Knights. Nah, welcome to another episode of the Kettle Knights podcast. I have with me, his name is Coach Michael. He's an online health and fitness coach, but he's one thing that is even more important to me, and that is he's a good friend. We've been knowing each other for over 10 years now, right? So 2010. Michael and I, we both did the fitness instructor course. It was 13 years ago. Oh my God, how old are we, my man? (laughs) And so I stayed connected with Michael throughout the whole journey. And just recently we had a back and forth with WhatsApp. We were talking back and forth. And then I told him, you know what? Let's have a conversation. But let's make a podcast episode out of it because we were talking back and forth stuff that I think coaches and trainers can profit from. And that's one of the reasons why I wanted to have him on. He's also specialized in areas that I'm highly interested in that I want to learn more about. So I think it's going to be an awesome learning experience. So Coach Michael, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, brother. Brother G, I'm so delighted to be here and uh, to share some good vibes and information and like inputs or whatever's coming up awesome awesome it's a it's it's a funny thing again because we both speak swiss german so the last time i had a german speaking uh friend on his name was sven sven riga he was the he still is the german uh the the country leader of strong first from germany so it's funny first we got started with our mother tongue and now we speak in english but uh and michael has a very strong and solid english so michael let's get started uh we always do the same thing once we get started with our guests and that is just give us your background how did you get started with fitness where are you currently and where is this road taking you all right that's gonna be a long conversation no (laughs) we have the time we have have the time (laughs) so where did it all start it started once i was able to walk that's when my <laughs> fitness journey started. Amen, brother. Hundred <laughs> percent. As a little boy, I would say, and I got that taught mostly by my daddy, who was super polysportive. And then he took me to, you know, like it all started with soccer, the local soccer team after Red Stars, and then all along to the Grasshopper Club, like when I turned like thirteen. But then, first, it was over for me. Huh. You know why? So that's where the story comes up. I did so many sports throughout my, let's say, childhood, teenage and adulthood. Mm. And I was always super good at sports, at various sports. But I was never like the ultimate pro in one specific sport. So whenever it got harder, I stopped, you know? Mm. So that's where my, I, I would say I had a more fixed mindset in that time. So I just did the stuff, the things that came natural to me. Mm-hmm. Like I was good at soccer, but I couldn't elevate to the pro level or I did not have what it takes or had, or I did not have the coaches that believed in me. So I had very low self-esteem through that time. But mm-hmm. I was always very good at sports. In my, in my school, I was number one. I, and when I went to the army, I was like the best of the whole school. So... And that's when I thought like, okay, I have something inside of me, like in terms of movement and this natural, let's say, talent that I got inherited by my daddy. 
as well because he he used to be somehow the same you know mm -hmm. so i turned 18 i went to the army i was skinny as you know like 50 kilos everyone like underestimated me and that's what also like sparked that fire in me to always prove it to others that i can you know compete and be better why i'm telling you this is like i think a lot of people nowadays have this, this sort of fixed mindset of things that i cannot achieve or they are stuck stuck by their limiting beliefs that they cannot you know for example lose weight or getting a better shape they always have these excuses mm -hmm. so i know somehow like how it feels mm -hmm. But this transformation of my mindset only came later. Hmm. So you wanted to know, is that you asked me a question so broad, I can give you like a lot of insight. Yeah, it, it like, take it whatever you want to take it. Yeah, yeah. We're so listening. Let, let, yeah. Let's move on to the 20s. I, I started working out at the age of 18, like this skinny boy at 50 Ks, you know, kilos. And let's say after one or two years, I did not have any results yeah, yeah i felt better but i could not really gain muscle because i did not have the knowledge so a friend came along with me we trained together matthias was his name and he had the same issue or or, mm. or, or challenge mm -hmm. he was mm -hmm. 185 or is 185 tall skinny and then we took along another trainer to so to help us along mm. and i remember his name was dave uh he used to be like a top bodybuilder and he gave us all those tips and tricks and you know, guess what? Within, I think, one and a, one and a half years, we both gained like over 20 Ks of muscle and also a bit of fat mass. Mm, but yeah. yeah, that was somehow a real breakthrough in my early 20s. So I thought like, okay, let's, let's if we go back to the lower self-esteem, I thought like with strength training and building up muscles, I can somehow, you know, balance out my, my low self-esteem. Yeah. You know? Mm. We mm. all know that, you know, that yeah. when you look at the young boys, yeah, to attract the females and, you know, of course. and all that. Um, of course. Which is, you know, which is normal, you know, when, when you grow up, yeah. right? And, and testosterone starts flowing to, through your body. Sure. Of course, you want to impre impress all the ladies. That's normal. <laughs> <laughs> but but it's, 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 it's kind of like where it's a little bit... Um, I think today's to, in today's day and age, a lot of bodybuilders who are really massive, it comes, at least that's, that would be my, my guess, it comes from this low self-esteem that you think you always have to carry the adjective big next to your name. So it's like, it's Big Stan, it's Big Mike, it's Big John. Right. So so you always you define your whole self and probably even your your worth as a human being by the size of your muscles. Right. And yeah, so if it, so if, if it if it's not taken care of. I mean, yeah, where, where does it end up? Right. It, it's 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 probably a slippery, a slippery slope where it gets a little dangerous. And I think that's one of the big issues that we have in fitness, right? It's not just you want to please the ladies, you want to look good. Most of the time, and, and I've even experienced this with some of our clients that we had from overseas. It was like, you know, I have this one goal. I just want to look big. I want to look big so that if my daughter looks up to me, she thinks I'm a superhero. I'm like, well, you can be a superhero, right, without having to look like one. 
right? Most superheroes don't look like superheroes. But I think that's, right, that's part of, part of fitness to a certain extent, right? Isn't it? I 100% uh, agree. And, I mean, through, through my 20s, I've seen a lot into bodybuilding also because of one of my best friends used to also compete in bodybuilding and did yeah. photo shoots. Yeah, you yeah. know him, Marco. Yeah. And I, I like accompanied him also along this journey and, and saw, you know, also the darker sides, when you call it darker, um, mm -hmm. the pros and cons and all these kind of psychological things that come along with self-esteem or low self-esteem and you're yeah. trying to balance that out. Yeah. Yeah, I also saw the other sides of it, like the the, the crazy discipline, you know, and those mm. people, I admire their, their mindset and how they're, they're not missing one workout. I remember that story when we were together, Marco and me in traveling the States, going to that first photo shoot of his, like staying six, seven hours in the car and then in Vegas arriving like super late at night. And he still said, you come on, Michael, now we're hitting the gym. And I was like, oh, I'm so tired. I can't. Mm. and he was like dragging me there and i was like okay mesmerized by his will attitude and you know this this iron mindset of like i have this goal and i'm gonna hit it mm -hmm. and uh yeah mm -hmm. one one might wonder if it pays off in the end right yeah i mean working out i mean especially the age that we're at right now working out staying fit staying healthy it's i mean it's one of the most important aspects of, of, of life is taking care of the house that you live in, right? And so you and I, we're both, uh, let's call us shepherds to help people mm -hmm. take care of their homes. But the dark side that you've mentioned, right? It's, it's when, when you're taking it to the extreme, especially as you get a little bit older, this is where you have to become a little bit more careful. And I think that's where kettlebells come in to a certain extent, but we can talk about this later. Just recently when I uh, listened to uh, Dorian Yates, yeah, and Dorian Yates said this, he said, you know what, man, the older you get, the more you should stay away from bodybuilding. I'm paraphrasing what he said, but he said lots of my friends, they're still into this grinding and bodybuilding thing. When in reality, as you get older, you have to take care of your flexibility. You have to do some stretching. You have to do some other stuff. It's not just always pumping iron all day, every day. You have to make sure that you take a different route. But so many people are stuck there, right? So I, I mean, I, you and I, I was both. Ultimately, I, I got started through uh, Andreas Fry. Yeah, I remember. Re rest in peace, right? He, I think he, yeah. he, he died last year, right? So I remember, I remember when I was, uh, man, that was, that was in the early ages of the internet <laughs> that we could even say this. I think that was around the 2000s. No, no, no. 2009, 2008 or something. And so uh, I, I started reading these, these articles from him. And boy, he said, if you want to gain weight, you got to drink those liquid calories. So it's all about the big shakes. And I, re <laughs> I remember juggling down these big shakes with everything in it, right? Three bananas, five eggs, and whey protein and everything. And all I got was fat. <laughs> well, I remember little... that. I did exactly the same. Right? So yeah. A little bit of muscle, right? Like you said, there's yeah, muscle, yeah. of course. But of course, you also get... So that's why when you said this, there's a, a bodybuilder took care of you. I just, I just uh, remember the same story. Yeah, but, but it helped, you know? Like, well, if you look at my friend, he basically didn't gain much fat. He still had his six pack, almost at 85 kilos. 
and I had like sort of a bit of belly coming on along the way. So I just was overeating like in too much surplus all the time and didn't do like mini cuts or what you want to call it. In the meantime, that was just bulking, bulking, bulking up and, and somehow my body didn't get adjusted to that. It was like too much. I should mm -hmm. have done like stops or like diet diet breaks if you mm -hmm. if you want to call it. Mm -hmm. So I later on I I gave this knowledge from my failures to friends who were so, m much younger than me. And I told them always to to like in in between to do like stops and cuts and they could gain like sort of sort of lean mass, you know, and mm -hmm. they didn't get fat along the mm -hmm. way. And I mm -hmm. wouldn't call myself fat, but but yeah, that was what, what do you what do you make out of these ideas of this hey let's bulk and then mini cut bolt and mini cut do you think it's still a valid way way to to uh gain muscle so to speak or just let you know i mean of course you have to be a little bit in surplus but do you think you always have to go up down up down up down up down so gain mass gain fat then shred down then up 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 down 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 well, that's 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 a very advanced conversation. Maybe not for for I don't know who's talking or who's listening, but my clients, for example, they're not on that level. So let's say if someone is is 18 and he wants to really go all the way in and do like a real, let's say muscle up, I would I would like say okay, take it individual, like see what's happening, and then always assess and and, and take the strategy onward. But yeah, it, it doesn't make sense to like endlessly bulk, you know. Mm, you gain mm. you gain too much fat, and then you can as you as a, as you are a beginner, you can always also gain when you're like more or less in maintenance, and mm -hmm. or you can do recomp. But it, it is like it depends on where you are, as like and what sort of of things you're also taking yeah, along yeah, the yeah. way. <laughs> what what, what kind mean, of <laughs> what kind of uh, uh, chemical enhancements yeah. you're, you're yeah, injecting into yourself? That's a different story because yeah, that's most definitely it is, it is. And you know, if we stay because we still want to roll on with your story, but yeah. still, yeah. but there's a conversation sparking up. It's you know, with the question of steroids, I I think I remember when I I asked myself this question too. Right, so I was on that path of of, of yeah. building muscle, building muscle, building muscle. So the only thing that I focused on was muscle, and I think for my genetic potential, I've reached yeah, I've reached quite a decent size. But then there's this question that pops up, right? Because you're surrounded. I mean, when when I was in this bodybuilding type thing, that was that's like what it must have been like seven, eight years ago when I was really into this, maybe even more. I mean, social media wasn't as crazy as it is today. Mm -hmm. But I'm imagining, right? So if you always follow this bulk path or it's all about muscle path and you're constantly surrounded by these images that you see on social and everywhere, especially as a man, and you mentioned low self-esteem, I wonder what the dark number is of how many folks are juicing at the end of the day just to see if it, if it helps them. Like you said, combat their low self-esteem or... Uh, satisfy their hunger towards always wanting to build muscle. And I believe in my case, the kettlebell saved me from this. I was completely diverting away from always focusing on muscle. Now it's a completely different path. And I'm so mm -hmm. grateful because it really, and I think I, it how, elevated. How, let, let me ask you a question. How, <laughs> I'm taking over the podcast. Yeah, how, yeah. how did, how did the, the kettlebell save you and what made it actually change or what, how did you discover the kettlebell and, and in the end, what, 
transferred you to that specific topic or area? I, I always, I was, the first time I saw kettlebells was in 2013 when I was traveling with Felix Baumgartner back when the Rappel Stratus yeah. thing was happening, the guy that jumped from the sky. Yeah, right? I remember. Yeah, that was crazy. That was the first time YouTube went live. The first time YouTube was live and it was like one, one and a half million viewers in the first time. And then they blew it because of the wins. And then the second time it was like five million. I think nobody ever cracked the five million again with a live event on YouTube. Well, it's probably because it's also one of the first, right? Man, that was crazy. And, and, and uh, Felix was, was lifting and was training with kettlebells. And so it was, that was like the first time I've heard about it, but I've seen it in practice. And it wasn't until 2019 when I invited Steve Carter into uh, my gym, who is a, a legend in the kettlebell sphere. Be and the reason why is because, that's funny, I was doing, you know, I started my YouTube channel in 2016. And I was doing all kinds of stuff, right? I was trying stuff out. And all of a sudden, I'm realizing there's this one kettlebell video that I did with some basics, right? Everybody can do it. Some press, squats, and deadlifts, and the hinge, right? Some ultimate basics. And this video took off. And I didn't know why. I was like, whoa, all right, so people want more kettlebells. So initially, it was my incentive to build the YouTube channel mm -hmm. that then led me into kettlebells. And then I was like, well, man, I got to talk to somebody who is really knowledgeable. And I've heard about Steve Carter years ago. And I didn't choose the, the Pavel Tsatsoulin way, the hard style RKC a strong first way because that's too much tough guy bro, for me. I didn't like that. And so then with Steve, yeah, he came, he certified me and off, off we go. And in 2020, the pandemic, right, led to the situation that we were focusing exclusively on kettlebells and we were streaming online. So it was like, okay, let, let's train with kettlebells. And that really unintentionally took me away from this road of always wanting to build muscle. And I have more mobility, I'm, my endurance went through the roof. I feel, I, I never felt that fit like, not even in my 20s, even though I have less muscle, most definitely. And, and just recently I fell below my 70 kg range. I'm now 69.4, which used to really bog me down. I was like, I know, no, never go below 70. Now I don't care because I feel so good. I feel confident, I feel strong, I look good, I, I love my body, I'm grateful that I'm healthy, I'm having fun, I can lift very heavy kettlebells, I'm, I'm, it's just, it's, yeah. But I'm still using barbells, right? So that's what sometimes people misunderstand. They think, well, now you think everything else is, is not working. No, 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 no. I'm not saying this. I still love dumbbells, I, think, I still think uh, uh, barbells are cool, I, I lift with them, I use them, and Recently, when I was in Spain on vacation, there's a friend of mine. He has a bodybuilding temple. It's this old school, hardcore gym, and he has machines there. Of course, I was using the machines. I was having fun. But kettlebells is now like my mainstay. And yeah, the, the benefits that it gave me, it's just, it's, it's completely different. And yeah, it really moved me off this path. That's probably the short version of it. No, great. I love that story. Yeah. yeah. It, and you know it's funny. It's it. I wasn't I wasn't running around looking for something. It just mm -hmm. it came naturally. First through the YouTube channel, then I started working with it, and then I felt like wow, this actually requires. I, I have to be honest. I felt like wow, this requires skill. Not everybody can do this. You have to put in some work. 
I mean, if you and I were both honest, everybody can do a chest press, right? Everybody can do a leg press. Of course, there's some subtleties to it. Not one is not, not, not trying to say that you can do it with totally crappy form. But at the end of the day, when you work with the kettlebell, which is similar to weightlifting with barbells, mm -hmm. you need massive skills. You need to understand it. And one of the beautiful things about kettlebells is that you are, you have to imagine when you work with a dumbbell or a barbell, you always have to grab the weight, right? You have to grab the barbell, you have to grab the dumbbell. So the first thing that gives out is always your forearm muscle, right? Because you have to grab it. With kettlebells, you don't grab it, you attach it. So if you attach the weight to your frame and to your body, you don't have to grab it anymore. So now it becomes a strength endurance explosive training if you want to, and you can work with it for an indefinite amount of time, for 60 minutes, 90 minutes, if you're crazy. That makes it unique, and that's the unique selling point of kettlebells, which makes it so awesome. And that gives you this incredible feeling that I never had before. And I remember, I don't, do, do you sweat during your, uh, during your typical workouts in the gym? Now comes the question. It depends how I train, but usually not that much. Exactly, that exactly. Sweater. Okay, I, okay, I think, okay. I think from, from what kettlebell offers, which I'm, I have to admit, I'm not a pro in that field as you are, but I mean, I'm following your videos as well. And then you're inspiring me from, let's say when you started it, I was super skeptical. Like, you know, people are, human beings are like, yeah. guys, I don't know yeah. something. I'm skeptical. This shit doesn't work. It's horseshit, blah, blah. And now as, as I was, you're sort of like a good inspiration for me in the kettlebell field. Like I was having the thought, like, ah, I need to take like a day at you. Like you train me and give me all the things you know mm. about kettlebell to yeah. be on a, on, a, on a higher level also to be able to teach but i think now as my age i'm 44 i think i also my body and as we age i need a, m more variety as well you mm. know not just the machines barbells dumbbells uh is cool and right nice what are my weak weak points or like strength endurance mm -hmm. i'm super bad i'm i'm or mm -hmm. that i'm super bad i'm not training it mm, but with, mm. with kettlebell i could do everything at exactly once. and exactly. i also had that mind fuck shit that you just said these 70ks ah see i'm always see? afraid like even see? now i still have it when i jump on the scale i'm like oh shit i'm 69 oh fuck what happened yep. you know yeah so i stopped like, caring man yes. I, I feel you 100 i feel and i mean you and i were both i would can i would consider both of us let's say rather hard gainers and, and lightweight dudes, right? So we're, we're yeah. rather lightweight category. And you know, when, yeah. when you say it like this, when people say it like this, lightweight, it always sounds very, very uh, negative, but I found a great way around it because I recently heard somebody say this. I was like, I'm gonna use this every time somebody asks me. So if you have a war, right? You always have two types of soldiers. Mm -hmm. So the one is the bear, right? That's the guy who walks around with a war hammer and crushes five dudes with one hit, right? And then there's the other guys, the ninjas, right? They, they slice your throat in a matter of seconds. And these are the wolves, the, the ninjas, and the big ones are the bears. And that gives, the, I have to be honest, that, that, that for my self-esteem, that's really, really flattery. I'm like, yeah, I'm a wolf. <laughs> I like this. 100%. And yeah. I, think, I mean, I've been, I've, the thing in life is like, I was always that wolf because of my genetics. Yes, yeah. their genetics play a major role, especially in, yeah. in frame. And um, Brad Schoenfeld once told me like 50% around muscle gain is, is genetics. So yes. I was always looking up to the big guys. I want to become the big guy instead exactly. of focusing on, on exactly. my unique talent and skills, exactly. which is 
which is speed, which was agility always. So I made, I would be made for kettlebells. I just wanted to say, I just wanted to say this. I I just, you, you, I think you, when you get used to it or or when you, when you start working with it, let's call it like this in a serious note and not because, how, how can I say this? In kettlebells, you have two different train of thoughts, which I, I know them. I'm aware of them. I understand both of them, but I'm not really a fan of neither. Because I rather like, and that's what a lot of people even tell me or tell us on, 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 on our YouTube channel, on our socials. They say, you're choosing Bruce Lee's path. The idea is to see what's out there, mm-hmm. take what works best, and ignore the rest. So I, I do not follow one camp or the other for 100%. I think both camps have valid points. I do understand that based on the mechanics and the and the way a kettlebell is made, that the u- unique selling point is the ballistic element, the momentum, which is awesome to train with, but you can also use it for some heavy and solid grinds, like a solid rack squat or a press or or whatever, or even heavy deadlifts or whatever uh, whatever you have, right? And so that took me down this path. That's why I was a, a big fan of Steve Carter because I consider him the first Bruce Lee. He, and he says his style is martial arts. So mm-hmm. his kettlebell style is martial arts. And I say that's exactly how I want to call it or how I see it, but I, I gave it a different term. I call it a hybrid. A person who takes the best from two worlds or both worlds and then applies it in an in, in a, in a individual uh, 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 um, framework. And since you're mentioning that you were built for speed, you were built for, for, for even, maybe even rather the endurance guy than the muscle guy, which I also had to come to terms with. Mm-hmm. I realized, I maybe, I'm, I'm not, a, I'm not a, a marathon runner, but I'm also not a big bodybuilder. I don't have the genetics for this. So I found that I'm somewhere in between and that's exactly what kettlebells do. Yeah. And I think there's so many people are in that bracket and that's why so many people resonate with kettlebells. And it's funny, you can never pinpoint it. When I, ha- I had so many folks on on the podcast and I asked everybody, what was it? And no, they just say, well, I started working with it. And I, I say this too. I was like, it, w- it was really, really intimidating. But then I got to working with it and it was the skill that attracted me. And others was like, I don't know. I just started working with it, and it's something. It's something special. So see, I can't see. I can't see <laughs> the, the 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 fire comes out my eyes right when I start talking. Yeah, yeah, full, full, yeah, all in. Totally all passionate in. about this stuff. Yeah. yeah, but I keep going with your with your story. So uh, you you, you went down we? the bodybuilding path, yeah. right? So you gained. Yeah. You you went your, with your friend. This bodybuilding dude took took you guys under his wing, and what happened then? Yeah, we, we gained our weights. We were more muscular. I was in the end, like, went from sort of 50Ks to almost 80. So I also got a bit yeah. of belly, belly fat along the way. But then when, like, decreased my body fat to around 70, 73, and that has been my weight all along the way since then, more or less, you know? So mm-hmm. the thing, what happened, I mean, I got more confidence and people around me were were seeing or like really noticing the difference, especially the ladies as well. And that gave me also a boost back then of in the course, early 20s. Of course, of course. It because does. I, I always used to be like that skinny, 
skinny Mike uh, could could hide himself be behind like a tree, you know, like yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's just, that's, just that's, it, it is what it is, man. Yeah. That, that's sort of my childhood trauma, which I <laughs> I, I, I try to yeah. I try I try to overcome through the external factors, and I completely yeah. forgot the internal ones, which yeah. I yeah. took care of more than in the thirties. But yeah. but but isn't it? I think in order for you to take care of the internal, the root cause of the problem, you have to become a little bit older, wiser, and mature, and understand that external factors, it's, it's just a symptom to a certain extent, right? What yeah. happens in here is important. And I was the same like you, I'm the same. So when I first got these comments, like, for example, I have some, some of the videos where I realized that YouTube likes them is when I post a, a short workout that says, this trains every muscle fiber in your body, right? And I yeah. realized, well, okay, YouTube wants this title. Let's give, let's give it a shot. So I did some of these shorts. And then there were folks in the comments like, this guy doesn't even have muscle. What does he talk about? And years ago, this would have really bothered me. Mm -hmm. And today, I'm like, man, I'm, in, I'm made in the image of God. I, I'm healthy. I, I'm, I'm, I, I can do what I love every second of my life man it's all good it's that's all good. what it counts and, and you know this just whatever those people put in there is just a reflection of their exactly. own consciousness level exactly so exactly you cannot be mad at them but i understand exactly. you completely years ago it would have bothered me too and nowadays i'm like almost nothing triggers me you know it takes a mm -hmm. lot now for me to trigger something like mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know mm -hmm. so and you also met brad right brad schoenfeld Mm -hmm. Man, yeah, that was once at a, a, a awesome. seminar in Vienna. Um, How long well was that ago? That's well, maybe, maybe four years. And yeah, also Mike Israel as well in Vienna. You know, Doctor Mike, who you, who you did a video about? Ah, Israel, uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. He was also there. Oh, cool. Yeah, yeah. That was not nice. at the same seminar. I love the same. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, um, I mean, I've, I've. I read a lot of stuff of Brad Schoenfeld. I've also read his book. I, I yeah. and I all many times when it comes to hypertrophy or just muscle building, and when I search for something, I, I catch myself. I, I go to Google and I type in the thing that I want to search and I type his name. <laughs> yeah, he's right? conditioned. You're conditioned. And, yeah. and he's really, really, really doing a an awesome job in, in the in the scientific realm, right? To to really push forward this idea of evidence-based practice when it comes to building uh, muscle, right? Yeah. What, what, what did you take out of this seminar? Who that's some if years If you can ago. still remember, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> some yeah. years ago. Like yeah. one big thing was this 50% that the genetics um, play a role. But I mean, since then things might have evolved as well. So it, it's been too long ago, mm. I must say, but I've mm. also read, read his stuff and mm. it, it, it um, in the end, it's, it's nothing new that he presented there. What's inside his book? So mm -hmm. I know. Mm -hmm. So it's it's, 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 more, it's more. I I wanted to get to know him and seeing him as well live, um, as well as for example, Alan Aragon, which was one of my first ones when I got into the industry, two thousand fourteen. Alan, yeah, yeah, I attended yeah, um, most definitely a nutrition workshop in London that was mm -hmm. like mind blowing, and the yeah. I'm talking about those big names in the industry is like for me as well as well as well Alan Aragon in if it comes to sports nutrition because of also his personality and the way he talks about nutrition you know him as well 
Yeah. So I mean, there's no that... there's nothing black and white, and we're talking about black and white. But I love exactly. how he how he explains the gray exactly. matter. Exactly. He, 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 dis he dissects it like like yeah, a, like yeah. a, uh, like a doctor. It's it, it really like a surgeon. Yeah, he takes yeah. it apart. And what I love here's what I love about Alan and and also about uh, uh, Brad Schoenfeld. And that's why I think because you know in in the world of kettlebells, let's put it like this: in the world of kettlebells, there's a lot of since there's a lot of martial arts involved. And I I don't want to say this in a negative sense, but the idea is at least that's my impression is there's not a lot of science on, on unfortunately first of all because the kettlebell is still untapped potential so there hasn't been any true or there has been science done on kettlebells but when i read through the study or read through the mechanics sometimes i'm like guys don't use it like a dumbbell man use it like it like a kettlebell and then yeah. we can see what it does right so i would love to be part of a, of a of a of a scientific study when it comes to kettlebells where you really use a solid protocol that really defines the kettlebell not just like using it like a weird shaped, a weird shaped dumbbell right so um but what i love about brad and 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 uh alan is that you always have look shot second much hoy yo Hello, machine. <laughs> Yo. I, I always see videos of her, and I'm like, "Wow, damn! Yeah. It's like yeah. it's the ultimate monster." Yeah, here. she's like, a monster in, yeah. in, in a positive way. Yeah, mo most definitely. And folks <laughs> always they tell me she's she's crazier, she's more muscular than you, and I always yeah. say the same. Of course she is, man. Yes, that's what's up, man. And I'm proud. <laughs> yeah, you yeah. damn right can be super proud. Now, yeah, I'm yeah, yeah. Auntie Dupish the burner. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. So here's here's the thing. With Alan and, and Brad, you always get this, this um, how can I say it? This really balanced perspective yes. based on a lot of data. So these are very data-driven guys. And, yeah. and, and in the kettlebell world, there's not a lot of data, unfortunately. So you can't really pinpoint it. So for example, when I have discussions with, with heart style guys, or just the guys, these two camps, right? And let's just make it very easy. There's the one camp that says, hey, kettlebells work a little bit like this. And the other camp says, no, 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 work. kettlebells are rather geared towards this. That's, that's, that's just the basic premise. But here's the thing. We don't have any data for neither of them. That's, that's what bothers me. So you All cannot right. point to something and say, hey, let's, let's sit on the table and come towards the truth and let's put our egos to the side and what we love and what we think and just look at the raw data and see what the data tells us and then we know okay doesn't mean that you cannot do your own style of course do whatever you want but when it comes to truth or at least that that's my perspective that's what i love about the scientific principle the scientific principle is to reduce the level of uncertainty that we have that's the only goal of science and to sit down and have these these tests uh, battle each other to find out which one stands at the end mm -hmm. and, and has nothing to, to do with emotions, has everything to do with clear, stated, data-driven points. And just Alan recently did something where some, some bodybuilder, I don't know, I think he has something like 600,000 followers or something, and then he made a reaction to it because the bodybuilder said, the only thing that I eat is uh, for protein is egg, chicken and don't eat whey because whey is absolute garbage and then alan's yeah. like okay based based on this data point this data point this data point 
you see there's no major difference, right? So take both. Yeah, yeah. And that's what I love about these guys. Even when, and, and when it comes to building muscle, right? When people ask us about kettlebells, it's the same thing. They ask, yeah, but kettlebells don't build muscle. Well, if you follow the rules of hypertrophy, it's a weight. If you follow the rules of hypertrophy, of course you're going to build muscle. Mm. Well, how are the rules? Well, 10 sets plus, let's say like per week for a muscle group, some, some different rep ranges, a little bit faster, a little bit slower, maybe some negatives. Yeah, of course you're going to build muscle. Because if you just apply the principles to the tool, that's what you get out of it. Yeah. And that's one of the things that we need more science in, in kettlebells, man. I, I think that's my life's mission. <laughs> but then again, then, then I could, you could argue as well, like we cannot build muscle with barbells. Well, it's not the same, 100%, but still, a lot of barbells are also made for, for speed, like, like exactly. Olympic weightlifting. Ex exactly. And even Olympic weightlifters, I mean, some of them are quite muscular as well. Look at these guys. Look, look at, shit. yeah, look at these guys. Lu Xiaoyan, yeah. yes. the, 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 the weightlifter, and Holy Li, Li shit, Kang yeah. or something. I, I mean, the, the, one of the greatest weightlifters, at least I think from my basic level of understanding, Dimitri Klokov. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> This guy looks like he, straight out of a movie, yeah. right? So of course you build muscle like this. Yeah. But here's, I think here's the major difference, and that's what I tell everybody. You, the kettlebell is not made for you to use it to look like a bodybuilder. Because look at what bodybuilders use. They use machines lots of the time, right? And dumbbells, yes, but machines, cables, they give you this perfect resistance that the muscle needs in order to blow it up, right? So it's just basic. It's simple. Yes, you can build muscle with kettlebells, but you're not going to look like a bodybuilder. Exactly. Probably, right? The question is always like, for whom, in what context, what is the goal? Like, so I would say for all the people we are training, it's far more than enough. And it gives exactly. additional benefits as well. Sort of exactly. strength, endurance, all the flexibility, the mobility, the work you're doing is insane. You yeah. know, of yeah. course, you have to first train that a bit. You cannot just go all in exactly. hard and do rotational stuff. And like the stuff you posted about your back, and I would say, okay, if if you did this as a beginner and not like really, no, that's that, not that's that not going to work. Forget that. Forget yeah, it. Forget it. For yeah. you, you are yeah. trained that in that exactly, in that, in that exactly. Position, you know? Yeah, you have you have to condition, and, and I I think that's come the 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 best way to understand this comes from the ways how 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 the russians um how the russians prepare athletes so you have four phases the first phase is gpp general physical preparedness so that's phase one then phase two is spp special physical preparedness then you have the competitive period and then you have post-competitive and here's what a lot of people that's exactly what you're saying here's what people are missing out if you don't have the gpp the general physical preparedness to rack two heavy kettlebells in a rack position like this, don't even try it. Because you, you're not conditioned yet mm -hmm. to, to, to rack these weights. But once you've conditioned yourself up to that level, then you can do it. So 100% agree, right? But here's, again, people are sometimes uh, uh, exposed. Somebody, I think an athlete told me this. He said, People always remember or people always talk from this perspective that they have first been exposed to. So if I have been exposed that I always have to rack a kettlebell like this, 
with a straight back, chest up, and with maximum tension. And now you see me, or you see this other guy, racking like this and being loosey-goosey with the T-spine, with the and racking the weight on the pelvis. Then you're like, ooh, that's bad. Yeah. Because you lack the understanding of this particular technique. And here's the thing. 99% of our clients never do this because it's not necessary, not at all. That's what I mean. Right? But it's, but it's an awesome skill and I just love it. I mean, you, know, you and me, we're both freaks. So both of us, we're going to go deep into that stuff. But like you said, I, I love how you said, most of our clients, 50% of what we know, or maybe even 20 is enough. Just do this on a regular basis and you're good. Yeah. And despite that, or on top of that, everyone looking for that magic pill. But oh, pe exactly, people, man. you know, we're talking about the basics, but no one is really following those basics, you know? <laughs> exactly. Like consistency, exactly. do the same good stuff over and over again. Exactly. Yeah. Man. I mean, exactly. But it's, the, it's the, I, the SOS, the shiny object syndrome. Yeah. We were talking about it over WhatsApp, right? Yeah. Yeah, and I have this man. I'm, I, it's you know, it's I told I told you about the marketing course that I bought, right? Yeah, yeah. And so here's the here's the first sentences that that he said in the marketing course is, complexity is the enemy of success. So don't get confused and don't get distracted. Focus on this one little thing, and and really drill it down, make it perfect, and you're good. Everything exactly. else then falls into place to a certain extent, right? But yeah. you have to first master the base. I just, I had a client today, uh, she showed up, she, and, and, and she, 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 uh, she stops going to the gym because she now works at home. She works, she does a workout at home. So uh, she bought three sessions just to understand the kettlebell a little bit more. And she was, uh, for a year, she joined our small group sessions, was all cool. And then I told her today, I said, how, how do you work out, blah, 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 blah. And then we were talking about the Turkish get up, right? Which now, and, and, and not a lot of people are gonna like me for this, and that's why I do it. I now call it the circus get up. Because it is a circus exercise. If you love it, cool, do it. It's awesome, and hey, it's a cool feeling, it's a cool skill to be able to hoist this heavy kettlebell over, over your head. But I would say it's the same with the jerk. The video that you saw that I demonstrated, Hey, don't do this. Do some regular presses, some regular squats, some farmer's carries, some lunges, some push-ups, and you are good. Do some prowler push, some prowler pulls, which is, I mean, I love the prowler. This is such great. one of the greatest additions to our gym is the prowler, so, so awesome. And you're good. You don't need these fancy exercises. But, right, we're distracted by it. So we look for, yeah. ooh, God, that, the guy does I it. I don't know how many times you go outside of your gym and watch other people's train. I mean, wherever I go, I always like, I was recently at, you know, I was in wellness the last three days and just checking some people, how they work out. And I was like, why? So they try fancy stuff that they picked up somewhere. Exactly. But they're not on that level that would even make sense for that exercise. Exactly. You know? Exactly. It, it's just, like, yeah. Like, where do they ha even have that from? I'll say my gym. Well, I must say my gym, my gym, where I usually work out, people are quite well trained, but still there. There's some, a lot of people who do their like own stuff. The, fun, and the fancy stuff. <laughs> and I was thinking like, okay, where did you get that from? And like this technique, I've never seen that. 
So, but must be some influence, you know. But in defense, in defense, right? Yeah. There, there, there may, like you saw with the video that I posted. Yeah. There may be occasions where you see something, and where you say, "Wow, that looks strange. I never, I've never seen this, right?" And then you automatically disqualify, like yeah. you said in the beginning. Right now, that's strange. Yeah. I don't know, right? So. Yeah. There are occasions where you might see something that looks strange to the, to the eye, but it's still relevant, it's still solid, and there's still a lot of evidence behind it. Where you can say, hey, that's still, that's certified. That's okay. Sure. You just don't know it. Yeah. But I would say it's rare occasions. Most of the time, you see people do stuff that they picked up on social media because it looks fancy. They think it gives them fancy results. When in the end, that's just not the case. Yeah. But it's great to sell a program. Definitely. Talking about the black and white scheme we were also talking about, you know? I mean, if if someone comes to you and you're telling him, you know, the kettlebell, that's the one thing. It will, it will give you all in 12 weeks. You will look like shred man, whatever. And you really tell him the story about this black and white. I mean, rather than saying, you know, it really depends. So what we're going down and what you what you want, like what mm -hmm. this is doing, mm -hmm. what's more attractive or attractive to him? Right. You want that he wants that magic, even though even though it's completely doesn't make sense at all. You would, but it's like touching his emotions and it's getting Exce his dopamine dopamine level spiked. And that's and how they. This, but yeah. you see, you, you have to give people what they want, and yes. then you give people what they need, right? We we exactly. talked about this in the in the yeah. WhatsApp messages, right? So that's one of the famous <laughs> quotes of Jonathan Goodman. He said, "He told mm. me that in the or us in the OTA too." Um, it's exactly that. I think it comes from him. Yeah. Um, yeah. Except it's such a va it, it is it is there's tr so much truth in it. I mean, if if I if I set up a landing page where I say, "Hey, listen." Um, this tool is cool, but it depends on what you want. Maybe if you want, right? <laughs> That's how you start your title. You lose everybody. Yeah. But, yeah. but if you say this new method has been used by 6.5 million people to achieve massive results. Oh, what? Really? Oh. Yeah. So that's what that's the kind of skills that I'm learning right now. So it is important to draw people in like this. But then I think this is where the ethics come into play. I'm not lying when I say 6.5 million because uh, in 2023, we had 6.5 million views, right? So 6.5 million people watch these videos or maybe a little bit less, but who cares, right? So we got these views, so they saw the kettlebell. So I'm saying, hey, 6.5 million people saw the kettlebell, right? So I'm not lying. And then once they move in, we, we give them exactly what they need. And then we, and you know what's funny? You've made this experience too, right? So then they sit down with you, then you have them in the coaching, and then you explain them the truth behind it, right? The basics, you have to eat a little bit less, you have to eat some more veggies, right? Maybe you have to move a little bit more. You know what they all say? Ah, no, of course, makes sense. Yes, I knew this. So if you knew this, why were you attracted to it with this, hey, in four weeks, 10 kilos less? SOS. If, right? Yeah, SOS. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. There we are. Yeah. It's exactly that. <laughs> it's exactly like, this. how many times did I fall for marketing claims like this? That some coach wanted to sell me like this ultimate, ultimate program, how to, you know, whatever, you know. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And mm. I was thinking like, okay, but that was exactly the same thing that as the last coach told me, like <laughs> just in a in a different message. Yeah. But it's like, 
<laughs> that's how they do it. That's so how they do somehow it. Somehow yeah. we, we, we go through that similar journey, maybe like other potential clients, Yes. you know, outside. And exactly. we cannot like judge them based on that. Exactly. Um, because we went down the old, we were also attracted to that SOS. Exactly. And now I'm, I'm I'm getting SOS things all the time. And I'm saying, <laughs> no, 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 no. Or delete, delete. Every day, someone wants to sell me something cold via Instagram. And maybe you yeah. too. I mean, it's horrible. So, all day, every day, I get these messages. Yeah. And while I do, I do respect the hustle that it takes to cold call or cold yeah. DM everybody. It's maybe this outreach still works. I guess it does because if it was, if it was, and I have to be honest, I mean, just recently somebody reached out, said, Hey, I checked your YouTube channel and we, we, we produce shorts. You interested? And I said, Hey, I actually look for this. What's the rate? So he shared, yeah, yeah. he told me the rate and then we, we, we did a little business together. So it, that was worth it. But I have to, I have to say this guy wasn't intrusive. So he wasn't like, he was following up, but he wasn't like, Hey, I saw and you are brought up. No, he was just like, Hey, this is your podcast channel. Awesome. We produce shorts content like this. He, he sent me some links and yeah, it worked. So, so great. But sometimes, I mean, I'm sure you get this, these two, sometimes you have these guys, they ask you, Hey, I have a question about your course. And then I'm like, Oh yeah. Hey, how can I help? Well, the question is, uh, do you need somebody to write your copy? Oh, come on, man. That's not I, a question I, about my course. <laughs> I, I smell it now from like a hundred kilometers far away yeah. when yeah. there's a pitch coming. Mm -hmm. you, I, I can sense it. It's not like, oh, wow, today I got a message from someone. Wow, I can see your expertise is really amazing and one of a kind. Mm -hmm. can, I, can I send you a, a voice memo? Oh, yeah, sure. No, <laughs> no. That, oh, yeah, thank sure, you. no. Thank, thank you, but no. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. But I mean, cold, this cold stuff probably works, but the way I want to do it is, that's what I'm learning right now, is aiming towards my targeted audience, then reach out where they are via paid advertising, then get them into the funnel, and then see if they qualify to become a client. Yeah. I think that's, yeah, that's how marketing has been done, I'm assuming, yeah. right? So, and cold stuff still works, but, but hey, you talked about a coach. Let's, let's uh, pivot the topic a little bit towards yeah. one of the, let, let's, yeah, one, one, of, one of the legends in the fields of biomechanics. And uh, I think some of our listeners are aware of his name. His name is Tom Purvis. If and, no, look, look him up. Yeah, yeah if not, exactly. If you yeah. don't know Tom Purvis, please look him up. I remember watching everything from this guy that I caught on YouTube. That was a couple of years ago. And I think he then, or at least in a, in a strange way, I got into uh, basic barbell training for Mark Ripito to understand the biomechanics a little bit more about, about, about uh, the, uh, the barbell. To make a long story short, Tom Purvis has some very insightful, easy to understand, not, not all of them. Some, some, some stuff is highly complex. Yes. But some of the stuff is so basic. And he also has this kind of vibe like, um, like, and these trainers, what do they tell you? The they don't know. <laughs> they talk crap all the time. That's the reason why they teach it that way, right? He was always kind of like this very, ex not explosive, but he's very honest, <laughs> very yep. cut and dry person. And uh, we've messaged back and forth that you're about to uh, go to a seminar 
And so please share a little bit about the course that you did, the ideas of biomechanics, what you learned, how you applied to, to barbells or machines and dumbbells or whatever have you. So yeah, sure. I mean, uh, let's get a bit of background story. I think it was some years ago when I first came across Tom Purvey through Ben Pakulski. Maybe you remember him. Of course. Yeah. Ah, yeah. BPAC. BPAC. He was that famous bodybuilder who never really yes. reached the top in the Olympias, but he has these massive quads. The Canadian guy. Remember him? And yeah, of, and he has yeah, yeah. and he has incredible marketing. I remember when I yeah. checked this stuff, I was like, who's even reading these long pages? Until I understand. Yeah. Ah, these yeah. are these are I sales pages. I don't <laughs> even know when that was, but that's quite some years ago. And BPAC built up this gym called MI40 in, in MI40, Florida, exactly. Which, which exactly. Uh, super coaches like Joe Bennett and, uh, you know, Kasim Hansen, they were part of his crew. Um, and then at some point they, they split up, but that's another story about, <laughs> about that. But BPAC always mentioned Tom Purvis and RTS, like <sighs> that, where he got all his knowledge about biomechanics and he posted a picture about with Tom Purvis. And I also had a friend then going on, um, going over to uh, BPAC um, and then Joe Bennett taking some lessons about biomechanics and he came back and told me about it as well. So that's when I looked up first about uh, Tom Purvis because I couldn't find other stuff other, rather than the YouTube, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, of course. Yeah. YouTube channel, personaltraining.com or something. And mm -hmm. then I looked him up like, oh, well, he's way, he's going way back to the 90s. He also was... Used he to was be a bodybuilder, right? Natural, natural bodybuilder back then. Exactly, he used, exactly. He used to be like, I think that the one that was responsible for, for like um, engineering the machines of Cybex in the early days ah. or, not, or Nautilus. I'm not sure about that, but he, he's... His story goes way back to the creation of of, of, of forming those machines and wow, then the setup yeah. and all that with Arthur so, Jones and stuff. My yeah, God, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I also came across like Alan Arrogans and some other pros who were posting about like the beginnings of of RTS and uh, the biomechanics and that this is like the the godfather of biomechanics. And then I started watching his YouTube videos and one of the first videos like i remember was the one you were talking before was that how he explains how to squat how certain people can squat a squat and others not based on 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 their proportions of upper body femur torso uh femur to tibia relations and i was like yes i was taught by polykin everyone is able to squat deep right you know i used to beat what Did i Poliquin used to get a lot of teachings from polykin which was a mentor in the back yeah of the it was it was also big which rest in peace yeah, yeah. as well and, yes. and, and but let let's take to the topic a little bit about polyquin so yeah um yes everybody's able to squat but not, but not everybody's able to deep squat right Be because it depends on your hip how how the how the uh the 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 femur sits in the in the in the socket and how much mobility there is i see it in practice as well some people yeah. are not able to go yeah. atg as the grass right but polyquin said this yes not just polyquin he taught that to all his um coaches and, yeah. and funny and funny thing is i i've had i've had a weightlifting coach on his name is andrew charniga charniga and mm -hmm. funny thing is through that podcast somebody sent me an email which i have to check out he's also an editor and a strength coach and a heavyweight in this game which i i have to invite this guy to the podcast too it's so awesome it's so awesome because 
on a side note, when you have these conversations and then other people pick them up, you get p people from all around the world like, hey, I do this, blah, blah, blah. Oh, awesome. Let's have a conversation. So, but, That's but, cool. And, and what he said is everybody is supposed to go or everybody is supposed to flex 100%. So ultimate flexion as far as you can and uh, to make sure that you don't limit bending, which I understand, but certain people based on their anatomy just cannot bend any further, right? That's where I get a little bit confused. Yes, we have one, we have the proportions, which I, I completely dismissed before I got to know the Humperby's video. And we were always talking about, yeah, foot mobility, hip mobility. Yes, and, yes. And you, know, you, you like sort of can increase that. Yes, you can to a certain range, but if you don't have that proper proportions, or you're even a... you're even limited in the, in this in your in your foot and your in your ankle mobility, which you cannot stretch to the very further point exactly. because you have joints. Exactly, you know? it, these as are well joints. In, exactly. Yes, exactly. And yes, I still agree that I think I made well, let's say ninety-five to ninety-nine percent. No, don't talk me about concrete numbers. Clients of mine, I made able to deep squat at some point, or if not, I, I elevate their heels a bit so to get more further further a range of motion there in the knee joint uh, but again of course uh, tom purvis is right in his uh biomechanics uh, example maybe people around uh, can watch up that video yeah please it's, so it's, everybody it's amazing if you're also, watching yeah just to make sure if you're watching go on youtube type yeah. in tom purvis and then maybe type in squat yeah. And you will find the video. It doesn't have a lot of views, just like with many things in, in on YouTube that are high quality, unfortunately, are not very popular. But exactly. go check it out. It is so fascinating with, with the steel man that he has. It's so easy to understand. You immediately see it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, just talking about views, that's another topic. Ben Carpenter was recently doing that video about that. And in the end, he was saying, coming back to that nutrition issue of, of like, he was pointing out Mind Valley and how they were talking bad about jogging and running. No, Mind Valley. And, yeah. and, and then he said, you know, mm. I love that quote. Unfortunately, a lot of people with huge following are giving the microphone, which they shouldn't be able to talk to the public and mm -hmm. release all that information. And that's I where saw, a lot of um, bad information gets out to exactly. the world. You know? just, 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 just a small note. I, I, I don't know what it was, a documentary or something. I don't know what it was. I think it was a documentary that I watched or a YouTube video about the founder of Mind Valley. Yeah. And I mean, you know how documentaries are. You cannot take it yeah. at face value 100%, but the way this guy interacted was like, Ooh, that, that leaves a really sour taste in, my, taste in my mouth. If you act like this and you have a health company, just like if you are Tony Robbins and you're awesome with everybody, but you treat your, your uh, employees like dirt, 100%, I'm not going to believe anything that you're going to say ever again out of your yeah. mouth. Because the way you treat family and friends is how you, the way you treat people behind closed doors matters. Because this is what elevates how you people how you treat people in the public, right? And this that's why 100%. I'm not I'm not really I'm not really surprised that you're saying that Mind Valley has this thing where they are rah, 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 because I'm yeah. like, hey, I I must admit I was I used to be a huge fan of Mind Valley, but then all of a sudden they were like, like promoting this health course of becoming a health coach, 
and I was already in PN1 and PN2. I already had uh, uh, in my pocket like you. Yeah. Uh, which, you know, precision PN, nutrition pre for those. Precision nutrition. Another great, uh, just, just to make sure we, we get this straight. Uh, if, you're, if you're listening, you're watching, and you're thinking about a great course to understand solid basics of nutrition. I don't know how it is today. I think they... they Culture influenced these guys massively. I mean, and it's a Canadian company, so I'm not I'm not uh, surprised by this. But the essence of what they teach, at least back when I finished it in 2018, 19, was really solid and helped me elevate my nutrition game most heavily. So yeah, give give it a shot. Yeah. So keep and going. And they up. even they even elevated it. I think uh, because I started PN one 2015 and then somehow only finished it in like 2020. Then because at least you, you did, finished it. Yeah. You, you said, you said, yeah, I said it. I, level, I did it. <laughs> level two, level two, and he was somehow like, yeah, I need to do that too. Damn it! And another friend of mine did it and said, you know, it's excellent, especially level two, especially for your kind of coaching because exactly. it's, it's all about the psychology and then yeah, behavior exactly. and the systems. It's deep stuff. And it's that. It's not deep about stuff. you know you have the the biochemistry of all the ingredients and how this works. No, it's about implementing it and exactly and putting things into practice in exactly. easy i call this ltas little tiny action steps i learned also along the way from one of the seminar i love oh, this one love it love it take yeah. that one the analogy of ltas little tiny action steps and that's exactly. the magic exactly so yeah it's the small talking habits about, yeah. talking about mm -hmm. those mind valley you know i want to yep. say another thing which also alan arrogant took over uh, recently in a in a, in a real then I came across that health course and I was like intrigued. Yeah, it sounds cool. But then they were promoting Dave Asprey stuff. For those who don't know, he's like the godfather of, of uh, biohacking and, and bullet, bullet, bulletproof coffee and all that. And I thought the like, godfather, okay, yeah. if, you have, if you have kind <laughs> yeah. of those things mm. on, on the top of your health course, I'm, that's not going to be a health course you want to promote. Man, so, yeah. You're taking this in many different directions, man. It's yeah. awesome. So about, about Dave Asprey, let, let's put it like this. I oh, think I... God, please stop there. There was recently a discussion. <laughs> I had this discussion many times also on LinkedIn about this. There's a, a biohacker and that's just the one. He's always promoting like oats is like so shitty and, you know, so full of toxins and yeah. all that. Yeah. And Alan took... Alan did a great video on it. Yeah, Amazing video on it. And yeah. putting all the real science there. And it's like, this guy still keeps saying this, like it's peasant food and all that shit. And yeah, yeah, that was people, Dave. That was people, Dave, yeah, with the peasant people food People out there, it's like when people talk like this with this black and white approach, especially nutrition... Like, especially with please, and even please. with train and, and even with train you know you know when it, when things get a little bit blurry for me is when people mm -hmm. start using uh these derogatory terms for certain foods or even yes. training it, it's look what, what what i say for fun is the kettlebell used to be the poor man's barbell that's i i picked that up once from some from somebody yeah. and i was like that sound that sounds cool that's not negative to me it's like hey I can't afford a I can't afford a barbell, but I have these market weights, so let's train with them, right? So hey, that, that's cool. That's cool. That's like the underdog story. I don't have nothing to lift, so let me go grab these these market weights. <laughs> but when you but when you when when you talk about peasant food, it's like, bro. First of all, first of all, we're all peasants, okay? Just just to make this clear, if you don't belong to the elite class of royals and billionaires and the Jeff Bezos is off the world, then you're a peasant. 
And that's totally fine. You can still make a great living. You can still enjoy your life. It's, it's all good. But the way they say it is like only stupid people or the low people yeah. eat this kind of food. And that's what triggers, at least in me, I'm like, come on, man. But if you speak like this, back it up with some solid facts so that nobody can refute it. But the thing so that, about those firehackers, they didn't cherry pick all the shit out okay, of it. Yeah, 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 and yeah. Tell, yeah, yeah. You know, I have it here. Yeah, yeah. But the real data, like, the, you know, the randomized control meta analysis, yeah, exactly. all that, you know, like, exactly. no and, and let's stick there. Let's stick there for a second, Michael, because that's stuff that probably you and I are aware of, but that not, not many people are aware of. Let's talk about this, this evidence hierarchy, right? So when it comes to evidence, and that, that's how I understand it, and you can correct me or maybe even add to it. So the way I understand it is you have a pyramid shape, and in the bottom pyramid, you have the expert opinion. So people who are very knowledgeable on the matter, and then they give you their opinion. So let's put it like maybe in my case, when it comes to kettlebells, I give you an opinion based on my experience. So let's put it down there, right? And so the next one is case reports. Then you have cohort studies. Then you have randomized control trials. And then you have systematic reviews at the top. So the quality of evidence is in these big, double-blind, randomized control trials or systematic reviews that really, really go to the heart of it where it's not about the outcome. It's not about, I mean, that's my basic understanding. It's not about proving something. It's all about coming closer to the truth. What does the data say if we go really deep on it? So if you have this high-quality evidence, and here's the beautiful thing about evidence, it just leads towards a certain road it's not black and white it's just hey it just yeah. goes let's let's say we all move in this direction and now we have high quality evidence that says let's move a little bit here that's what we should be doing right am i am i right with this understanding of yeah i see, I see it's similar. evidence uh what i want to add actually is, is those people um, they usually take a specific single study and I don't know even more about the quality. Usually also it's maybe done on, on rats or animals as well. Ah, uh, yeah, that, which and is another difference. They're, they're yes. not taking mm. the whole bunch of all the great quality. The big picture. The big picture. And then check really what's coming out. It's the same with like milk. Is milk uh, or increasing inflammation? Mm -hmm. There is tons of studies who, who show you, yes, it does. And there's other studies who say it doesn't, right? And when you take all that that average and you put all those studies next to each other, you will somehow land in the middle. Like most most of the time. Yeah, you see? Yeah. Mm. And what they usually do, they take exactly those that pinpoint the negative and they blow it up. You they know, blow it up and that's for what, marketing. That's what Ellen also uh, explained. And for me, as someone who did PN and, and, and all the stuff like this and you as well, it's like when I see those things. We're talking about triggers. This triggers the shit out of me. Mm. Like, but they're they're staying in that bubble, you know, because I can somehow relate. It's not that I'm like a know-it-all or, or you are. I'm always mm -hmm. like here mm -hmm. to learn. Mm -hmm. Also, I learn a lot from you and whatever. You, well, we both everyone, learn from each other. Yeah. I, yeah. We, I try to learn out of every situation, even from people who completely disagree. But at some point, I must say, okay, here's the science. Here's the guys. 
I've been super skeptical at the beginning, you know, like to, when I met Politkin and all that. And I was like, okay, Alan Aragon, this guy's talking shit. So because Polykin was was saying other stuff about nutrition, you know, also mm. that discussion well, about you, know, you know, protein, fats in the morning, you cannot eat carbs and blah 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 and all that. Yeah, stuff. yeah, yeah. So yeah. many. Oh, I've, I've yeah. heard this so and, many times. Nick Mitchell from Ultimate Performance. Yeah, yeah. Most every no, no carbs in the morning. All yeah. blah 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 blah. Same. Right? Yeah, but yeah. Same. Because he used to He's, be like the, the big boy of, of Polykin. They were exactly, exactly, so exactly. You always have to know the connections. Yeah, yeah, the connections. Yeah, 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 yeah. The lineage, right? Where it yeah. goes down, where the, where the knowledge flows to. But again, Man. I mean, they, those people, also Nick Mitchell, UP, they made a lot of hell of um, transformations. Well, on the other side, also great marketing. You have to. Of and because here's always I the thing. I got to know behind, you know, like I was like once getting some deeper insights about those transformations. And oh, really? I, I'm not really, really the source, but he, oh, I got told from insider that in the end it's only like 7% who really made those transformations. Out here's, of the the thing. here's the thing. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Here's the thing, Michael. Here's the thing. I've had an inside man on precision nutrition. Not, not an inside man. He just left the company, but he wasn't on bad terms. And he was a really, really cool guy. And he still I, is. I, I know who he was. Probably, I, we probably know, both know him. Yeah. A very, very cool guy. I really appreciate him. So we had this great conversation. And then he said, here's the truth about the transformations. We sign up. 500 up to a thousand people don't you think that out of these thousand people you have maybe one or two percent that do really well of course you have these are the ones that we then use for marketing material and this then looks that whoa these guys produce them on a regular and but we have to say ultimate performance has a really strong tracker yeah. record yeah and I, I i do i i man i i the stuff works i i think that's awesome but I've changed my opinion a little bit on Ultimate Performance and Nick Mitchell. I used to be like, that's exactly what I want to do. And now, thanks to Kettlebells, things have shifted a little bit. And when you work with people, you have a little bit of different understanding. I love this. I, I, love yeah. just, I just love the journey. Because you start out, you think, that's exactly how I, how I do it. That's yeah. exactly because he's there where I want to be. And then you grow up a little bit. You build your own business. You build your brand. You find your niche. You find your spot. And then you realize, okay, maybe I have to do it. I do it a little bit different. And that's fine. But um, here's the thing transforming a person short term i think we can all do it i want to see these guys in 12 months yep with the right lighting with some water cutting with some carb cycling with some intense training where i break down every each and every muscle inside your body you're going to look like a beast in six weeks but i want to see you in 12 and 18 and 24 because here's when i when i have the conversation with my clients which you have too right what do your clients say all the time? Or some, some of them. I, I show, I, I'm sure you have the same experience. Some of them say, well, 10 years ago, I was 15 kilos lighter. And all the clothes were fitting. And I did this great diet. It's called blah, 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 blah. And I had this major, massive transformation with it. And I'm like, awesome. What happened? Life. Exactly. And... It's probably the stuff that you've been doing, I'm assuming, was, didn't really fit into your life, right? So the diet exactly. was too intrusive. It was too restrictive. The training was way too hardcore for your, for your joints who are 50 and 60 years old. So things, right? It was radical. But what good is it 
if I tell you that I was a millionaire 15 years ago, if I'm broke today, it just doesn't count. I've lost weight 10 years ago. Who, nobody cares. We live in today. I'm not, I mean, we don't talk like this to our clients, but you, you understand what I'm saying, right? It, who cares about your past? It didn't work. Otherwise, we wouldn't have this conversation, yeah. right? And that's what I'm ultimately focusing on. I, I've seen through my career, let's say 2015 until COVID hit in this personal trainer career, um, a lot of people coming, going, and only little percentage of those clientele could really hit results mm -hmm. and maybe take it into sustainability. But what really transformed my approach was seeing that not everyone gets these results and then not the sustainable results. And that's what I'm focusing now more. I'm focusing now more on those inner, on this inner game and the mindset and attitude and emotions, the values, the vision, all this, what also PM teaches about and really take the time to understand my client much better and to give them, or let's say they sell it to themselves in the end. Yeah. That I'm just asking those questions and yeah. that they can implement into their life. So it becomes really in the end, the habit that is an automatic thing and that they can change towards their identity where they want to be, you know? Change Not the that thinking. Change the thinking and change the exactly. acting and all that. And that's exactly. what I'm focusing on. This and man, like my thing. It, it just yeah. pops it just pops back into my mind the kettlebell fits perfectly into the <laughs> yeah. space because here's the thing here's the thing like like we talked about in the beginning that's why i think you're going to love kettlebells and your client's going to love them too because it gives you mobility you don't need to go to the gym you have a small space it's only one weight you train muscle you build muscle you can look good you can burn fat, you can burn more calories when you work for longer sets of time. If you do a, a 20 minute workout where you have a lot of time on the tension without putting the kettlebell down, then you have this great cardiovascular benefit. You always sweat when you pick it up. So it gives you this primal feeling of training and it sets off these endorphins. Mm -hmm. It's it's all, the kettlebell does everything all at once. That's why I have these experts on that most of the time we can agree on the fact that the kettlebell is not the best tool, but it is the best generalist tool. It does so many things all at once. The barbell doesn't do cardio. Dumbbells don't do cardio, right? Machines don't do cardio, but kettlebells do. But machines are way yeah. better for building muscle. Yes, but the kettlebell can do it as well. And these are the people that we focus on as well is it's not just about the weight loss goal. Most of the time, that's what I've learned in PN as well, is you keep digging, you keep digging, you find that's, that's what stuck with me, these goals with gravity, right? So you uncover all the stuff and all of a sudden you realize, I just wanna enjoy my time with my husband more. I think he doesn't, he doesn't like the way I look. I want, I want him to look at me like I'm still desirable and stuff, right? So it goes really deep, deep. Or, hey man, I just, I just want to be able to do the gardening work and I want to be able to pick up my kid. I want to I want, I want be able to run after him and not be like, <gasps> and I can't pick him up. I'm too weak. It's not superhero stuff. It's just doing, or, or, recently, man, I, I almost started crying. The guy said, you know what the kettlebell helps me with? It helps me to pick up my old dog and put him in the car. Mm. Wow, and that really, see, I almost got yeah. tears running down. That's just because yeah. I imagine this old, frail dog 
being with him for so long. And now he picks him up. He's still strong enough, right, to pick the dog up because he said he has a very large dog. So he picks the dog up, puts him in the car, so that, right? So th that's, what it, that's what it's all about. It's not about mm -hmm. just, right, six-pack and stuff. That's it's still a valid goal, but that's so superficial, right? Fully, fully agree with you. Um, also, by the way, a lot of my clients do their workouts at home, but I also See? give them like, they, if they don't have whatever, they can start with body weight. Of course. Like, yeah. Of they can course, do a lot man. of stuff and they're still at the limit. So Squats, and then we work, squat, we work, yeah. we work a lot of on, on heavy change on those nutritional deals, you know? Exactly, man. It's the small steps. And like you said, yeah. it's the basic. For example, just recently, somebody asked me this. He said, hey, watch this video of Mind Pump. Do you know Mind Pump? It was just like four guys or, or something and then talked about kettlebells and stuff. And, and they talk about everything. They always have great topics and great conversations. So in, in five minutes or two minutes, he said, hey, listen to this. So the guy said, hey, when it comes to kettlebells, athletics, blah, 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 blah. And then they said, well, when it comes to athletics, I would probably ch choose the, the kettlebell. So my opinion, from my perspective, from what I've learned, especially on the podcast, I would say when it comes to athletics, squats. Squats is when you look at the literature, the Russian literature. And what, the, what do you specifically understand about what is athletics? Like define it. Like uh, athletics for performance, speed, yeah. running, yeah. jog, uh, 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 football, soccer, just athletics. Not 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 general population like the guys that guys and gals that you and I train, but athletes. And so, if you would ask me, it's neither kettlebell nor barbell nor mm -hmm. dumbbell. It's squats because i had this really epiphany moment that I, when i had a conversation with gregor sobochan gregor sobochan is a kettlebell sport world champion so honor uh master of sport um uh not honored master of sport but limited class i forgot the description just a very very high level kettlebell ranking athlete a uh, ranking kettlebell athlete and he's also a coach of the national i think the croatian volleyball team or something like this and then we had back and forth, we're talking, and then we both came to the conclusion that squats is what most strength and conditioning coaches can agree on is one of the best exercises that people, athletes can do. So that's where I would put my bet on. I would say, hey, I don't care if it's a goblet squat, barbell squat, dumbbell squat, but incorporate squats. It's not the tool, it is the yeah. movement that I consider so important. Yeah, because when you have to also differentiate what kind of sports you're really doing. If you want, usually, you know, explosive stuff helps a lot in, in athletic performance. I used to do the, what was that? The Lyco strength coach. And they were mm -hmm. also teaching, teaching us all those Olympic weightlifting things. And back then they were saying, really those Olympic weightlifting stuff is, is, is the non plus ultra for athletic performance. Huh. You know, you know what, you want, you know what yeah. Dimitri, you know what Dimitri Klokov says? Don't ever do barbell snatch. Don't do Olympic weightlifting. Dimitri Klokov himself, he had a conversation with Gregor Sobochan. And Gregor Sobochan shared it with me. He said, you know, I was talking to Dimitri. I saw him in a seminar. I said, hey, wow, the king is here. What kind of exercises, Olympic exercise should my athletes do? No snatch. Yeah. This one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He said it's a highly technical exercise more, more clean for the stuff. sport, for the yeah. sport. He said squats. Yeah. 
right? So I'm not saying that no, of course, swing I mean, or clean for, or press for, isn't good. For most people, it's technically too advantageous, so it doesn't make sense to incorporate, you know? And he said, it's a technical exercise for my sport. You don't have to do it. Technical, for, just like the jerk. It's such a great example. Just like the jerk that I'm doing. This is technical for kettlebell sport. You don't need it. Not at all. Yeah. Well, what kind of exercise should I do then? Do some squats, man. Sit down as far as your hip allows it and come back up. And then do it body weight. I love how you mentioned body weight. I mean, what are the, some solid. I, I, and here's the thing. I, I fell in love with burpees. I hated burpees all the time. I still hate. Yeah. <laughs> but here's the thing. Here's the thing. Then I saw, have you ever seen military burpees? Probably yes, but I, um, what, what are you specifically referring to? Major difference is with the military burpee, burpee, it's all about control. Then it's a different story. Ha! See, it's not yeah. jumping around like a fool yeah. and uh, uh, dying and then yeah. letting your spine, when you go down into the sprawl position, hanging down like a... Especially like as a lot of like untrained, let's say, not untrained, not as trained people as you and me are doing this not con um, control kind exactly, of purpose. Exactly, exactly. And here's the thing, and th see, that's why your eyes perked up or your ears perked up because mine were too. Because the guy explained it like, it's all about control. And I was like, well, I never combined the word burpee with control. The only yeah. thing I saw was people jumping around looking like fools. Exactly. And that's but, why I jumped off the wagon, oh, burpees are shit, you know? See, exactly. I said, no, I'm never going to do this. But now, when you do military burpees, they call them one pump. One pump burpees, hands down. Then you jump into the sprawl position with tension. You go down into the push-up. You come back up and you jump back. And I like how, uh, how that, I, I know you know that coach. Numitello, Hamitello. What, what's the, what's the, the... Uh, Nick. Uh... Nick. Nick, Nick, right? Nick, Nick Tommy Tello, something Tuminello. like Tuminello. Yeah. Tominello, something like this, right? And yeah. he said, and he had a great article about the burpee because folks were like, yeah, but Dr. Stuart McGill, which you had on the podcast, yeah, I had him on the podcast, yeah. yeah. He says that burpees are sh right; they're not good because spine and stuff. So I did a little bit of research. By the way, I didn't find any scientific evidence. Research from PubMed and ResearchGate. I really went through it. Just burpee and back and spine and everything and science. Nobody says that it hurts the spine. But there might be some bending which is not perfect. And then Nick says, do gorilla burpees. Just stand wide if your hips allows it. Hands down. Jump back. Push up. Come back. And then you jump yeah. into this gorilla position so that you are really in that bottom position of the squat and you stand up. I, I do burpees now all the time. And it's such a great full body exercise for your clients at home. You teach yeah. them solid yeah. one pump and you can do two pump. So the more pumps is the push up. So two pump burpee is down one, two, and then back up. Right. And I, I always tell people that's the hotel workout. You don't have anything. Do 20 burpees, 25 burpees, two sets or three sets and you're good. These one and, pump burpees. And do it in a control manner. Yeah. Control. Yeah. And then you're not doing like 25 reps or so, you know? <laughs> oh, you can do two. Oh, of course. No, no. I mean, most people will not be able ah, yeah, to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. I, I see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> then you're not going to do 25. <laughs> then sure. do five. Do yeah. five and you're good, right? I mean, isn't that, isn't that the point of fitness is 
hey, yo, but the burpee's too intense. Just for example, we have some of our clients who are overweight. You know what I do with them when we do the burpee? It's okay, stand wide, your hip allow it, and they already have a little bit of condition. Hands down, is it possible? Yes. Don't jump. One leg back, the other leg back, and then you step back up. Boom. Don't jump around. And you're good. They do it. After the session, they're like, ooh, they're intense. But how did, how did they make you feel? I actually liked them. They're intense, but I liked them. All right, so no, doesn't hurt anything. You're not feeling, no, it's good. All right, here we go. Control. Applied control. And here, right, where we had the conversation back and forth about um, uh, it depends, right? Yeah. <laughs> what a sentence. It depends. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you could talk about hours. Yes. Yeah. Everything yeah. depends, most definitely. Especially when you talk about Tom Purvis, we just started the conversation, yeah. Yeah, but man. Yeah. I mean, I, I would love to share. I'm going to see Tom Purvis in, to finish that uh, first. That yes, yes, yes. Question. To go that the RTS uh, mastery course, uh, which uh, will be nine days with him and uh, a couple of other students. How many people are there? Do you know? Ma maximum six are allowed. Ah, small group. Awesome. So it's gonna be it's gonna be tough, intense as hell. Probably will be the most intense education I've ever done. Nine days with him because he's he's. If you look at his video, he's the super nerd. And I've got to know um, his uh, other teacher, Mark, Doctor Mark. Um, forgot his last name. Who was teaching the RTS level one course? He's a super great guy. But he also said, Tom Purvis is the ultimate nerd and you have to be prepared as shit to come to that course awesome so, man yeah i i would love to give that uh, some of the insights later on maybe that could be that would be yeah please for me to share that please to yeah. break it down all this like it's 110 hours of video material in preparation for that uh, mastery course and then the goal is also that we can like spread the rts the resistance training specialist knowledge back onto other coaches here in in Europe. Oh, oh, yeah. oh so you're, yeah. you're, you're in conversations to then maybe teach there, and educate. There oh. is a conversation I'm going with my other friend who is, who is actually was the driver of going there. Mark Sonderecker. Yeah. Um, yeah. He's in conversation with uh, RTS about this in the future, but yeah, there's nothing written in stone, but I would be loving to do that because I love to, to talk about, you know, all the things I've learned, especially biomechanics, and also do you know how that is? You do that too already. Teach other coaches because coaches are usually they're like they want to know it all. All these details. Yes, they're, they're really yearning. Very cool to people squeeze, to work with. Yeah, squeeze all that information, exactly. and you're like, oh my god, this is exactly exactly. And I, I I think you have the same passion for biomechanics and the way you you uh, talk about Tom is the way I talk about kettlebells. The way yeah. I. I really want to. I want to go into every nook and cranny of kettlebells, and 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 here's the thing. Here's where I do not care about emotions. I'm not. I don't limit myself with political beliefs because, like it or not, in the kettlebell sphere, because Russia and USA. I'm not listening to this guy because he's Russian. Are you stupid? Yeah. Oh my God. Are you stupid? This has nothing to do with with. With, uh, with 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 uh, with your nationality, has everything to do with the knowledge. I don't care who you are, what you look like, what you do, where you're from. I just want to learn. And if you have the knowledge and you sit somewhere in the bushes of 
of Western Africa, I'm going to visit you. That's because I want to learn about exactly. I imagine if everyone on this planet had this kind of mindset, we wouldn't be in wars at all. We talk about wars, but that's another story. Like, yeah, yeah. how can we not like learn and integrate and, and look at the people or human being without everything that's around, like color, religion, and all that it's shit. Impossible. You know? It's impossible. It's impossible. It's, I, I think the reason why it is impossible is because it's the same with kettlebells. It's because here's what I, at least from my understanding with this bird's eye perspective, if I agree that the Russian guy, or let's say the Chinese guy, or whatever, that this other guy who says something completely different than what I say, if I agree with him, I might lose customers because my customers think that I have the holy grail. So if I consent with information that, that comes from outside my sphere, my clients might think, oh, you're not the king anymore then. So your programs are not worth it, right? Or whatever have you. Or, or you're, you, you're, you're scared that you're losing self-confidence because you're, you are admitting that, oh, I didn't know this. There's, there's more truth behind this statement, so let's follow this route. I have people who were commenting on my channel, man, you always say this and that and this and that. Three years ago you said this, now you say this. Well, because three years ago I didn't have the knowledge that I have now. So that's why I had to adapt and I had to change. I Gregory, that's perfect. I, I remember BPEC saying, if, you look, if I look at my post once year, one year ago, I'm laughing at myself. Mm -hmm. If that happens, then you know you are exactly. developing and growing. If I look at myself and what I was teaching back in the days, even one year ago or two years or back in the Pollock day, I was like, damn, was I naive and ignorant. And now it's like I open up my horizon. Yes. And even even when you when you, I mean I was following you through the years and thinking like what the hell is he doing with kettlebells now? And then what kind of shitty tool is that? It's like what? And now I'm like in a, in a thinking okay, kettlebell could be really something for me too. You know to mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. get much better at it. I see mm -hmm. it more as a as a new option and perspective. Oppor and now opportunity. Yeah. Opportunity. Exactly. exactly. That's the word exactly. I was looking for. Exactly. Like, yeah. Yeah. I mean, these are the general folks with those comments, unfortunately. But yeah, yeah. What can we do? But, you know, that that that's what it is. But the, the the reality of it is that you are, as long as you are evolving and 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 you move forward. And I consider myself lucky to have these conversations with people from all around the world. Of course, I'm going to change my opinion because I talk to folks who are not only older, but also wiser than I am. So who am I to walk around and think, well, you know what? I know I keep my, I keep my little bitty opinion to myself because I want to stay in that bubble. Right. And he, another thing, what a, a kettlebell maker another kettlebell maker from the states they, they they they're called pro kettlebell his name is nikolai i'm gonna have a conversation with this guy next year uh he, he asked me he sent me an email he said hey gregory i know you're producing your own kettlebells but hey are you interested in uh checking out our kettlebell too i said of course of course send it over so i checked it out i really like it i see some benefits and advantages but I also like my, my stuff too. But hey, of course I can push your stuff because man, you are, this guy's a very, I, I like their, their approach to marketing. I like the product. I like how he, how he has conversations with me. I like the way we did business together. Of course I'm gonna, yeah, let's do it. But 
Gregory, then some people are going to purchase his kettlebells over yours. Who cares? Nobody. Because as long as we can help folks, and as long as I can, you know, pay it forward and see somebody who says, I'm looking for a kettlebell, but I can't pay these fees that you have for, for overshipping, as uh, seas overshipping. Bro, I have, I have a good friend right there next to, your, next to your door. He ships the kettlebell to you, a great kettlebell for just 20 bucks for shipping. Go, go tell him I sent you. He's going to give you a discount and you're happy with a great kettlebell. I've served you well, didn't I? That's about it, right? It's about and, helping. It's about helping. And you said yeah. thing the the just popped into my mind because you said it. You said when we talked about Dave Asprey, right? Um, yeah. You said you said they're stuck in the bubble. You know what I believe that some people are intentionally yeah. triggering folks in yeah. order to sell their stuff. They yeah. know exactly what they're doing because Dave Asprey is a marketing genius, so he knows exactly what he's doing. I, I don't think that these are illiterate folks who, who are really just making strange claims and then, right, or this guy's stupid. No. He probably knows, hey, if I say this, it's going to get picked up right there. Look, you and me, we mentioned his name. Yeah. Right? But don't you think they're also really believing that story they're telling? I'm not, I'm not sure, man. Yeah, that's what I'm, I'm not sure. I'm not I, sure. Like, I, I can't believe they're really believing that. I can't that. believe it, yeah. <laughs> like, I, but you in, know the, in I... the world, if you look at the world nowadays, you somehow have to. Because otherwise it would be much more further and elevated in our consciousness level, right? Like everyone knows rationally. It's not about what color you have, what mindset you have. Like yes, what, yes. What, what religion you... you as long as you keep everyone living in, in his way, you know, everyone knows that, right? But still we're not doing it or most of the time. Yeah, but but here's one thing which, which I'm realizing as well is managing human beings and managing nations and politics, I think that's just on a scale that we just don't understand. We, uh, we can't get along with each other. I think that's just a plain fact and that's the reason why we, we argue about everything. And so of, the, the logical extension of this argument is that there are wars where we take it to the extreme. We never get along with each other. We always have to disagree, which is good if we want to move things forward. But yeah, most but, of us- dis Disagreeing in a respectful way is something exactly. else. Exactly. But what does that require? That, requ that, that requires that you're taking your mental self to the next level. Yeah. And I think, who said this? Plato or Aristotle? One of these guys said, it is a skill. It, it is a skill of the educated mind to entertain a thought without accepting it must come from that st this direction yeah yeah right it's, it's some of these guys yeah. i think it's plato yeah. right so i am able to think about what you said without immediately disregarding it or accepting it that's a skill thinking yeah. about it and then weighing in the arguments and then saying okay you know what you're actually right or saying hey based upon the way i see it i still don't see it man that's what I, that's why i say are you having these debates on, on your podcast? No, it's not about debates. It's about communication. Because debating is sounds like I want to prove my point. I don't want to prove my point. Yeah. I want to talk and get closer to the truth. And if, and if you can help me with a different perspective, I'm all for it.
Yeah, this is not like a political discussion. It isn't it's exactly. One it isn't. party hammers the other, and neither one is open for any new <laughs> exactly. inspection. It's, it's horrible. It's just yeah. pure entertainment. It's like, how do we really get on? That's why things don't work so slowly in Switzerland because of all the system as well. Millions of parties, but that's another story. Yeah, yeah, of yeah. course it is. Yeah. So many moving parts, and we love drama. We have to yeah. factor in the. We have to factor in that we as human beings we love drama. We love when there's fights. We we don't want to hear about how how somebody made it. We want to hear about the, the 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 stuff that he had to go through and the yeah. the, the the fights that he had and and then the the humiliation. And then the hero's journey, awesome. But hey, yeah. what, what do you have to do, right? So it's all about, we all we always want to hear the drama. So that's, I think that's how human beings are wired. That's how it yeah. is, man. Yeah, hey, it's a pity, huh? right? <laughs> it is what it is, man. But hey, Michael, yeah. I have, yeah. I have in five minutes, I have another uh, a conversation coming up. Amen. I, I, man, I really appreciate it. For those guys who are just listening and watching, that's, I mean, Michael, we, we've we're been we're knowing each other. We're now for two hours. I think exactly. We're yeah. just getting warm now. Yeah, we, I, I thought so too, man. We're just getting warmed up. <laughs> we, we haven't even gone to the really deep stuff. No, we it's, haven't. It's, we it's, haven't. Again, it has become philosophical. <laughs> well, that's what it's, I love about it. That's what I love about these comments. And, and that's why, that's why I have, uh, I have uh, uh, some of the guys that I have on the podcast, I tell them exactly this. I say, man, we got to do a round two because we have yeah. so much stuff that we have to talk about. Yeah. We, have to, we have to really... Uh, uh, take a second round and then go on the deep stuff that we really wanted to talk about in the yeah, first place, yeah. right? <laughs> but More man, the, the nerdy stuff than after RTS. Ex after exactly, exactly. But man, man we're going to do a second round most definitely. Yeah. And I really appreciate, really appreciate you coming on. And like I told you yeah. before, we got started with the conversation. I love that we've been in touch for over 13 years now, right? Yeah, and, uh, and uh, I've been over, honored to be on your podcast and uh, well, I've been following that. your journey and, uh, you know, like it was, it was so much inspiration also along your journey mm. and you know how it usually is, you know, what you see, it's like, I don't want to lift myself up, but what you see in others is somehow in yourself. Exactly. And maybe you're, you're, you're not living, yeah. living your light to the fullest. So what I see also with you're doing, like oftentimes I see that light, I carry that within me, but why I'm not shining yet that through. And I think so mm. many people have that too. Mm -hmm. They admire others, but they have that. Ins I always tell my clients, you have it already inside of you. Exactly. I'm just, I'm just here to to lighten up the spark. You know. Exactly. You know? But I but I think the reason you you've already covered the reason in the beginning, mm -hmm. the self limiting belief or being yeah. scared that if I share this with the world through my channels or whatever have you, that some people are not going to like it. So I'm always going to yeah. conform to what the public opinion is. So I, I please everybody and nobody at the same time. Exactly. And in my case, like I, I'm saying this so many times, in my case, I just, I found a tool that, that I love. I have, I'm grateful to God that I can teach this and do Damn, it. Damn, you're and, repeating and, right? your marketing slogan again. Like, kettlebell, that one thing, right? Ex exactly. <laughs> it's, it's one tool that I love. Kettlebell it's one tool saved that saved my life. Yeah, exactly. I said this is saved by the bell. I, if, if I have an autobiography one day, it's yeah. going to be called saved by the yeah. bell. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, right. you, have to, you have to call it like this. I love that. Right. It's, it's so awesome, right? Saved yeah. by the bell. But yeah. and here's the thing. It's just it's just the the way that I just don't place any limits on my belief. The, the only limit that I have is when I look into them. It sounds corny, but it is true. When you look into the mirror and you tell yourself, well, I don't think this podcast is going to go anywhere, so I might as well quit. Yeah. 
Well, there's not a lot of views on this podcast or even on the mate on the big channel, and which now is close to 80,000 subscribers. I started with one, zero. And I, I, I hustled and grinded and nobody was watching. But the idea was just do it. Just put in the reps, just like with training. Yeah. And when people say, right, I, I love my gym because I can train the way I want to train. And I do not care if somebody's watching or not because I train for the sake of training. I just love it. I don't need nobody to look at me. And so the way I behave in private is the way I behave in public. I just do what I love. I'm grateful that I'm paid to, 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 to do this. I mean, this is, this is the best thing of all, right? Getting paid to do it. And then I just want to come closer to the truth. And I don't care if I step on somebody's toes or not. It's all about the truth. I just want to learn. And you if know, my... You're, you're talking about the major success factors. Just to, sorry to interrupt you. Mm. To be as close as to your authentic self as possible. Exactly, exactly. That's right. what you are, what you're doing. Like, Amen. And I'm also there. I'm like, you know, like, yeah. get it out. That true exactly, nature inside exactly. of you. And then nothing counts. Like, there's no limitations anymore. There's exactly. no energy loss. There is the energy flowing. That's exactly. what you get in that state of flow. That, you know? Exactly. Stephen Kotler yeah. talked about it. That state of flow, uninterrupted way. Of, I, mean, yeah. I, I have a yeah. one minute, this guy coming up. Sorry. Hey, we've got to do a second round, brother, most yes. definitely. I really enjoyed it. Much. And we're going to stay connected, okay? If you enjoyed this episode, you're over 40, and you're looking for a free kettlebell workout to help you get started, check the first link in the description. It works on YouTube as well as on Spotify.